As we worship God in Christ Jesus at Lord of Hosts International Church, as Henry Young, the General Overseer of Lord of Hosts International Churches, ministers to you in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is Lord forever. Proverbs 3 verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. I pray that God's word will enter into every heart. Soak every heart. Permeate every heart. Penetrate every heart. And bear fruit in abundance. Father, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice today will have a heart that is described as a good ground. So we can bear fruit according to your word. In Jesus' mighty name. Five things we noted from that scripture last Sunday. There is something called first fruit. In the Bible, and why it was necessary to acknowledge that is some people, once they hear anything finance in church, they think it is the device of pastors to make money. But these scriptures have been before the pastors preaching today came on board. Amen. Number two, God's word instructs us to give God our first fruit. Give God, give it to God. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits, plural, of all thy increase. Then, number three, the first fruit is substance, is money. So, it's talking about your first income for the year or your first set of incomes. For the year. Number four, the giving of the first fruit is a matter of honoring God, is an act of honoring God. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits, or all the first fruits, or first fruits of all thy increase, is a matter of honor. And the simple meaning is so if I choose not to give to God my first fruit, I am saying I cannot honor God with my substance. I am saying God does not deserve my honor. That's what I'm saying. And there's no, there's no running away from it. Praise God. Number five thing we saw, there are effects of honoring God with your first fruit. There are effects, there are consequences, there are results. If you do it, and there are also results for not doing it. For everything that has a result for doing it, there's a result for not doing it. Praise the living God. Verse 10 says it this way, So shall thy bands be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Praise the Lord. Last Sunday, we considered two major things. Number one, the biblical concept of first fruit, which I think... I have showed you enough scripture to deal with. Number two, we considered the issue of honoring God with your first fruit. We touched it a little bit 
and then we left it off there on Sunday and I want to pick up from there today praise God first of all I want to make a statement something should I say the Lord told me as I studied scriptures and I wrote it down whether it's the Lord that told me or it's me that understood it that way it's scriptures so it's still the word of the Lord do you understand let me say the way I received it the ability to release your all to the Lord is a major proof that you have found the kingdom and you are in the kingdom Christians must come to the place where there is nothing you struggle to give to God we must come to that place we must come to that place let me hear you say louder amen we must come to that place because that is the place where we can now assess all that God has. You must understand that God is not a fool. You cannot give him some and receive all. God has certain principles. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Correct? They that seek me shall find me. Correct? So if draw near to me and I will draw near to you, to the upright, God will show himself upright. To the crooked, God will show himself crooked. So to the giver, God will show himself what? A giver. A giver. And to the stingy, God will show himself what? Stingy. But I don't know why Christians are struggling to accept this truth. Your ability to release your all to God is the proof that you have found the kingdom and you know the value of the kingdom. If you believe that, happy are you. And thank God for those who said amen. If you don't believe that, sorry, but that's the truth. Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Jesus said, The children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of the kingdom. One of the things that have taught me a big lesson about giving, releasing, and getting is as I watch two sets of people on earth, Christian politicians and unbelieving politicians. Hello? And the second set of people, as I watch Christian businessmen and unbelieving businessmen. And I realize our hearts are cleaner than the unbelievers. Our hands are cleaner than the unbelievers. We have faith in God that they don't have. We have the Holy Spirit that they don't have. But one thing some of them have that we don't have is a large heart in sacrifice. That's where they beat us. A Christian is contesting for governorship office. You tell him bring a sacrifice to God, he gives you 40,000 and 50,000 and 100,000. And he tells you, Pastor, pray, 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 pray. 
An unbeliever is contesting for governorship. They tell him, bring ten human heads. Three must be your blood relations. And he goes for the heads. And the principles of sacrifices are God's principles. It's not Satan's principle. This is why some people that started preaching against tithing and giving, some Christians started looking at them as if they are liberators. Because in their mind, the act of giving to God has not been perceived as a privilege and as an honor. It was perceived as a bondage. So whoever speaks against it, they see as a liberator. <laughs> Hello? Let's read Prov uh, Sorry, Matthew 13, right? From verse 44 to 46. Shall we? Everybody read it carefully with me and watch it. You know, I realize it's important to watch scriptures so that you don't go home and say, Pastor said. I think it would be better if you say, The Bible said. Let's read. One, two, go, everybody. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. What is like unto treasure? The kingdom of heaven. The hope for eternity. The fact that when I die on this earth, I'm going to spend the rest of my eternity with Jesus. Okay, let's go on. The which, when a man had found, he hideth it, and for joy thereof, Go out and sell it all that he had and buy it that field. The kingdom of heaven, the original kingdom of heaven, is like a hid treasure. Which, if a man find it for the joy of finding it, he will hide it. He won't let another person see it so that they don't go and take it. So, which kind, of, which kind of kingdom did Christians who you are pushing to serve God find? They haven't found the kingdom. You can be in church and not be in the kingdom. But you cannot be in the kingdom outside the church. He said when he hides it for the joy of the value of what he has found, he will go and sell everything he has to buy that kingdom. So, here is a man who has found the kingdom. Someone who understands that the kingdom is worth more than everything he possesses. And how do you know such men? People who have come to the point there is nothing too big to release for God. Anybody that thinks there is a certain thing too big to release for God has not found the kingdom. Does not know the kingdom. 
Let's read on verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man or a businessman seeking goodly pearls. A businessman looking for some, some serious precious stones, some, some wonderful treasures. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Alright? So we must begin to understand how God values the kingdom he's given to us. I don't know if I'm talking here. Because there are too many people in church that don't understand the value. And I think it pains God. Some of you must have experienced giving things you value a lot to someone who did not know the value. And they abused it. And you know how painful it can be. Verse 6, 46. Shall we? One to go. Who when he had found one power of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it. That if I find the kingdom, if I have to sell everything I have to hold the kingdom, I will do it. Because it's worth it. After all, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Hello? Look at it this way. There is, there is nothing. There is nothing. There is nothing. Absolutely nothing. Too much to release for the kingdom. And the story of the rich young ruler tells us or gives us a clear example of this matter. A man who came to Jesus and said, Good master, what good thing shall I do to inherit the kingdom? And Jesus said, You know the law, keep it. Don't kill, don't steal. Don't be a false witness, don't commit adultery, honor your father and your mother. And the man said, I have been keeping these things from my youth. And the Bible said, and Jesus beheld him and loved him. Which means he was saying the truth. Righteous. Righteous. Hello? Righteous. Because if he was lying, Jesus could have operated in the word of knowledge and told him what he did day before yesterday. The same man asked Jesus, I think it's Mark, Matthew, one said, he asked Jesus, what lack I yet? Either Mark or Matthew. Another one said, Jesus said to him, you still lack one thing. Whether he asked Jesus or Jesus asked him, no problem. One is Mark's understanding, one is Matthew's understanding, Okay. But the important thing is the answer. What could that be that I lack? Jesus said, go and sell everything you have. Give it to the poor and come and follow me. And the Bible said the man was very sorrowful. Because he had great 
wealth. And he went away. He didn't follow Jesus again. Because he felt that instead of me to lose all I have to follow you, it's better I keep what I have and don't follow you. And that was where Jesus made the statement, how hard it, it, is it for them that have riches to enter into the kingdom of God. He said, it is easier for a camel to go through the needle eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And the, the disciples looked at him and said, Master, then who can? In fact, the Bible says it like this. And the disciples heard it. But when the disciples said it, they were exceedingly amazed. They were shocked. They were surprised. Now wait. They were shocked. They were surprised that Jesus said it is difficult for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Let's analyze that. That's, why, why should they be surprised? Why should they be surprised? If what we knew, what we know about some rich men in our generation is what they know about rich men, then they shouldn't be surprised. For example, if we know that in Nigeria there are certain things they will try to fight you from getting except you join a cult. Is it true or false? Uh-huh. So why are they surprised? Why are they surprised? If they know that at least the first four richest men in Nigeria don't go to church. Why should they then be surprised that Jesus said it is easier for a camel to go through the needle eye? I think I understand. At least one reason. They've seen these rich men do philanthropy. And they thought that philanthropy is godliness. Hello? There are a few things rich men know about rich men. A rich man told me, a rich man told me, he said rich men are very saucy. And I know it's true. The Bible says the rich answered roughly. So why are they surprised? They are surprised because they thought that the arms you do should carry you through. But Jesus is not first and foremost about arms. Why he told that man to do that is not first and foremost about arms. He's talking about a state of mind where you are willing to part with anything for God's sake. And he realizes that a lot of them won't want to do that. Because there's something about riches, the more you get, the more you want to get. It takes a measure of dying to covetousness to become sacrificial. Hello? So why am I saying all this? Because if Jesus said, your ability to release all for the sake of the kingdom is proof that you have found the kingdom. How dare someone say I'm in the kingdom and they're struggling with first fruit? One month salary out of 12 months. First business income out of many other business incomes. One month house rent out of one year rent. 
certainly the person hasn't found the kingdom. Absolutely. Absolutely. He hasn't found it. He does not understand its value. Are we still together? When you understand the value of something someone gives you, it fine-tunes how you respond to that person. Touch your neighbor and say, are you here? I don't know why the church is cold. Is it because I'm talking about money? I will talk. Don't worry, I'm not afraid of you. I'm used to you. <laughs> Let me repeat what I said again. When anybody gives you something, the value you place on what the person has given you determines how you respond to the person. I'm trying to make a connection. Now, if Jesus gave you the kingdom and you understand the value of the kingdom now your response to Jesus will be so much honor I don't know if I'm talking to anybody here and the Bible says honor the Lord with your substance and with all the first and with the first fruits of all that increase. So the heart, the willingness, the forwardness to release this honor to God is always dependent on how you value what He has given you. Anybody that is a giver here understands what I'm talking about. When you have given people things that they value, things they value. <laughs> Some time ago, we did something for somebody. And the person sent me a text message. He said, I owe you my life. I said, you don't owe me your life. You owe Jesus your life. Well, unfortunately, that's one of the first persons that attacked me. But let's leave the attack. That statement, I owe you my life. Shows you at least at that moment how much the person valued what was done. Come on, help me. Help me, somebody. The question is, do you value the gift of eternal life that came to you by Jesus Christ so that when you die or so that when rapture happens, you are not going to spend the rest of your life in hell? Do you value that? Do you know what it is? Sometimes I wish that God can give some people an encounter with hell. So that they can really appreciate what Jesus came to do. Hello. 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 What point are you driving at, Pastor? honor the Lord with your substance you will not be able to honor somebody if you don't value what the person has done are you with me and of course the devil is not helping people by now trying to make them believe that all this giving all this tithe all this first food is all about pastors do you understand what I'm saying 
God have mercy. God have mercy. So let's continue the matter of honor. Let me talk a little bit more about the implications and consequences of honoring God. Can we do that? First of all, let me start by telling you there is real honor and there is fake honor. And I trust God to give you grace to honor him with real honor. Let me let me, ah, Holy Spirit, help me now. The Bible says, he that is in honor and knoweth it not. It's like what? A beast that perisheth. As honor is not seemly for a fool, so the jewels of gold is not seemly for a swine. The Bible says. Hello? So, when somebody is in honor and does not understand he's in honor, God views the person as a swine, as a pig. Come on, help me. So the Bible says, don't give holy things to dogs and don't cast pearls, precious things, before swine. Because... They will trample it under their feet because they don't value it and they will turn around and tear you. I think there is need for a serious spiritual and mental re-engineering of Christians in our time to understand the value of the kingdom you are handling. I don't know if I'm making any sense. This kingdom, what it cost God to give it to you is the blood of God. His own blood. The highest sacrifice that can be made on earth or in heaven is life. That's why when somebody dies in fighting for something, they will say he paid the supreme price. There is no other price higher than life. Come on. Now, the life of a man cannot be compared to the life of Christ. And he took the life of Christ, the pure blood of God, to give us this kingdom. So, what is the value of this kingdom? That was why Jesus, in talking about the kingdom again, told you that, look, it's better if your hand will stop you from entering the kingdom. Cut it off. Cut it off. It's better to enter with one hand than to have your whole body cast into fire. Everybody say value for the kingdom. When we get the right value for the kingdom, it will change our perspective about things like giving to God and giving to the kingdom. Do you understand what I'm talking about? There is real honor and there is fake honor. And real honor emanates from understanding the value of who God is and what God has done for you. Come on. <laughs> Leave it. Let's go to the Bible. Praise the Lord. 
Let's go to the Bible. Matthew 15 verse 8. Matthew 15 verse 8. Glory to God. Can we read it together? One, two, go. These people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips but their heart is far from me. May God not see you like this. Let me try one more time. May God not see you like this. May God not see you among those that honor him with your lips. But your heart is far from him. And you know something about God. He sees everything. He knows everything. Can I hear you say amen? When you are talking to man, man is listening to what you're saying. When you're talking to God, God is listening to what your heart is saying. And God, after doing that, came to a conclusion about these people that he was talking about. He said, they honor, they draw near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That's fake honor. Hello there. Hey, hello there. That's fake honor. Help me tell you, neighbor, that's fake honor. Don't be a partaker of it. So what is, what is fake honor now? What's real honor? Fake honor is honor with words, but no commitment. Honor with words, no action. And you know action speaks louder than voice. Real honor is honor with action, honor with commitment. Because when the heart is involved, there will be commitment. When the heart is involved in anything you're doing, there will be commitment. When the heart is involved in anything you're doing, nobody needs to remind you about it. Hello. Just imagine for a while if you didn't see me this morning and I come to church next Sunday and I didn't travel, I didn't go to minister somewhere. I say, I'm sorry, I forgot to come to church last Sunday. <laughs> you will know that something has gone wrong. Something has gone wrong. Either backsliding has entered or something has gone wrong. Because once the heart is involved, the heart will remind the head. Once the heart is involved, the head is willing to follow. Once the heart is involved, somebody wants to commit something. Come on. Why is it that when you, when you have some of you businessmen, if you have some big businesses, especially businesses you are proving to be true and profitable, and you don't have money to execute it, you go around looking for who will give you money. Hey, businessman, are you here? You go around looking for who will give you loan to execute it. Because your heart is convinced that if I put this money here, I'm going to get something. Let me illustrate one more. Or let me try one more illustration. A man says to a woman, I love you. And he's a very rich man. 
and he sees the woman in need and does nothing. Show me your house. No. Where do you live? Don't worry. Can you imagine being in courtship and for the past three years you're still meeting in fast food? And even when you come to fast food, he will buy his own ice cream and meat pie and ask you to buy your own. <laughs> Some time ago, a sister in our church was in between two opinions. Two brothers were proposing marriage. One was richer than the other. She didn't come to me, but they told me. I said, tell them, say, not be to hold them, be the matter. Oh. Not to release them. <laughs> a rich, stingy husband is not different from a poor husband. No difference. <laughs> Can I repeat that? Anybody want to write it down? A rich, stingy husband is not different from a poor husband. It's not to have it that is the matter. It's to release it that is the matter. <laughs> and I, I don't know if what I said got to the lady and she chose the one that didn't have so much. And I am privileged to watch the other one marry. And as much as he has, one of the things I have had to deal with in my office is he can't even as much as drop feeding money for his wife. <laughs> and he told her, any day man of God hears, this marriage is over. <laughs> Praise God. I was, I can't remember. I was telling somebody within, within the past week. I said, look, we are not saying go for money as a girl when you want to marry. Because you can marry a thief. But look out for heart. Look out for wisdom. Look out for godliness. Look out for strength. When there is strength, there is wisdom, there is godliness, prosperity is inevitable. It's a matter of time. It's inevitable. Hello? I said to her, I said, because if you meet any responsible man and he doesn't have money, and the woman is being used to provide, you will see appreciation. You will see conviction you will see a willingness to break that cycle because he knows the man is supposed to provide. But when you meet a man that doesn't have, the woman is providing and he's still carrying out oppression. He's still carrying out abuses. He enjoys the situation. He's relaxed about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sleep in the morning till evening. When there is small portion of food, Instead of him to say, give the children and eat the remaining, let me manage. He will say, give me a bag. That's a useless man that doesn't deserve to have a wife. Did you hear what I said? A man who didn't keep money and when he returns, where's my food? 
Then when you ask such men, instead of them to explain, they say, Dad, you know they respect me. I say, define respect. But when you see a man who is good, who is going somewhere, but just that things are not working in the moment, for every little help the woman brings, you see, you see his appreciation. And he'll keep giving assurance. God will soon bless me. When God bless me, I will not forget what you've done. So that's the difference. <laughs> Hello? All this time where they do because he pay house rent. There are many women that are ready to marry me and pay house rent. Too. That's a useless man talking. Useless. Anmorphia. He doesn't deserve to have a wife. See, this one you're just giving me stress because you paid house rent for us. There are many women out there that want to pay house rent for me. Madman. Onyala. No ma no no. No tell them I beg now, no marry them. Tell them, tell them go and marry them. Maybe I could just be better without you. That one is Alamo. The Bible says it this way. He that cannot provide for them of his household is worse than an infidel and has denied the faith. See how God takes it serious. And I always say, it doesn't mean that a man cannot pass through hard times. But what is his attitude in the midst of the hard times? Because even that attitude will help determine whether God will remember him or not. The one that pains me most. I've not seen it in this church. May we never see it in this church. But I've seen somebody I know that is going through it. The man is lazy. He won't work. He's not getting any money in. The woman is getting money in and he's using the woman's money to chase other babes. That's the real alamo. He's sick. He's sick, man. Hello? Hello? Why did we go into that? Because we're talking about fake honor and real honor. Fake honor stops in the lips. Just like fake love stops in the lips. Real love and real honor goes beyond words. They go into action. They go into commitment. Because they come from the heart. Praise the Lord. They come from the heart. That's why God always put Matthew 6, 21. Listen to me. If God had decided to give us a Bible where there should be no financial commitments, it won't reduce anything from him. Because the cattle upon a thousand hills belong to him. The silver is his. The gold is his. Do you understand what I'm talking about? That money you made, and I prophesy, that money you're going to make. It is God's own before you picked it. Even when you picked it, it is his own. A senior colleague in ministry came to Botacourt some time ago. 
He said, Pastor Henry, that was when we started building my house. He said, I heard that you are building a house. Let's go and see it so that we pray. I said, okay, sir. We went there. So he asked me the story. I told him the story. He said, don't say you are building a house. I said, eh, what should I say? He said, say God dash you a house. Is that how they build house? You just stay. You pick house. You say you build. God dashed you. I say, yes, sir. I say, really, is dash. Before you owned it, it was God's own. Everything that made it land in your hand was orchestrated by him. Can I hear you say yes? And if he didn't want it to get to you, it will not get to you. The breakthrough I told you that I had within the week, I stood in the presence of a man and I couldn't believe myself that I'm standing before this man. I told him, I said, sir, can you just allow me kiss your feet? That's what I want. He laughed. He's okay. You're free. And I kissed his feet and I dropped an offering at his feet. And he was trying to say he doesn't really open up to people like this. So it's because of my cousin who has been talking to him about me. I said, No, sir. It's not because of him, it's because God wanted me to meet you. If God did not want me to meet you, there's nothing anybody could have done to make me meet you. He said, yes. You said the truth. Because there are people even himself had wanted to meet and God will make sure something happens for him not to meet them. So he came to the point, he realized in his life that there's nobody he meets by accident. Hello? For without him, you can do nothing. So if you realize that it was his own before you picked it, I like that word, then it will be no big deal for you to release it if need be. It will be no big deal for you to release it if he asks for it. Can I tell you a story? The story of Pastor Benihin. Benny Hinn's mother has five children, five boys. She had a revelation when they were very small. Among the five, number one to four were very smart. Was he number five or number four? I can't remember. The rest were very smart. He was a stammerer. Ben he was a bad stammerer. He stammered so much that in the frustration of stammer, before he finishes saying one word, people have walked away, so he decided to stop talking. And one day, Jesus appeared to his mother and gave her and plucked five roses and gave her. And she took the five roses and Jesus turned and said, can you give me one? And she was struggling. She found it difficult. After many minutes of struggling, she took the fifth rose that has gone bad and gave to Jesus. And that was Benihin. See the one they gave to Jesus. See the ones they didn't give to Jesus. Do you know the other ones? <laughs> For where your treasure is, there 
where will your heart be also? For where your treasure is, there will what? So Jesus said, there is fake honor. Those that honor him with their lips and their mouth. And there is real honor. Those that honor him with their heart. With their heart. And here he says, how do I know what you're doing with your heart? Your treasure will be involved. Are we together? For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. My friend, I know one or two things about heart and treasure. Have you noticed that what you love, you spend money for? If you don't know, ask your wife. A man and his wife came to me some time ago and they had an argument. And the argument was that the woman's soap is finished and the man refused to buy another soap. And the man said to the woman, my soap is good enough, let's use it. And the woman was very angry and he does not understand the basis for her anger. And I said to him, I said, bro, you need to be a woman to understand the basis for that anger. And I said, don't forget, God made two species of human beings. Man and woman. Don't try to convert her into a man. A man can bathe with any soap he finds. Three of us. Soda, key soap. Soda, homo. Anyone he see, just put into the sponge and scrub his body and, and go his way. When last did you rub powder? <laughs> when last did you rub powder? But the, before your wife's powder finish, you will know. She my powder don't they finish you. It's like start getting ready to spend. Hello? So I said to him, I said, stop it. If you have to give for it, give her. If you don't have to tell her, be patient, my love. I will do something about it, but I don't have now. Because you're telling her to use your soap. When she starts doing that, something feminine has departed. And if you don't take time, the next thing that will follow is smelling mouth. When a woman stops taking care of the body, there's something feminine that is not full. And when a man becomes overconscious of his outward look, there's something masculine that needs to be added. But that's just a funny way of reminding you that where a man's treasure is, there is his heart also. I have seen women who don't have enough money for food, but they must save for cream. <laughs> Why do you think people in beauty business are making it big? <laughs> Praise God. Tell your neighbor where your treasure is. There is your heart also. Whatever you do not spend treasure on, your heart is not there. Have you seen poor people who value education? 
Have you seen poor people who think that sending their children to the best school is the ticket out of poverty? They will sell clothes to pay school fees. They will sell land to pay school fees. Where your treasure is, you put money in it. Glory to God. So honor the Lord with thy substance. If for your honor to be real, your substance must be involved. The substance must be involved. And, and you know, Satan is an idiot. But he's not too idiotic not to learn to copy God's principles. Have you noticed there is no deity you deal with without committing substance? No deity. There must be sacrifice. Glory to God. So if God says, give me your first fruit, he is, it is one of his ways of testing where your heart is. Because like someone rightly put it, somebody said, why is it, have you noticed that it is when that thing is to be given to God, it, has, it suddenly appears too big and heavy. The same thing you could have given it to any human being. The same thing you could, you could have given it to any other thing. Look, look at some men, some men, when they are in the world, to buy a calf with a girlfriend is nothing. Just to make impression and brag. But when they come to church, tell them to buy a bus. No, tell them, go buy a bus. They will start looking for who will contribute, cover, cover. But when they were in the world, they didn't look for any contribution. In fact, they did it secretly. They did the check in another person's name. So that their wife will not know. Now she talk, will not be me talking. Camera, don't cover her. Are you getting what I'm saying? It appears so easy. They can buy a car for a girlfriend. They can buy a land for a girlfriend. But when they come to church, pay tight. He say, who go chop him? I go carry my money, give pastor. May God give us a heart to honor him. May God give us a heart to honor him. What am I trying to do this morning? I'm trying to take you beyond. I'm trying to get you to a realm where your heart functions in a realm. We don't have to be preaching about these things. We just make it an announcement because you're already committed to it. That's where children of God should operate. That's the frequency those who have found the kingdom operating. Who preaches to me about my own first fruit? Who does? Who does? I just gave a first fruit just a little short of a million naira. And last two weeks, my daughter was sent from the class to the hall. Who preached to me? Nobody. I understand the value of what I have received. The Lord spoke to me this morning. He said, watch, anybody that does not celebrate spiritual things, never put oil on their head. Anybody who thinks that being in ministry is doing anybody, including God or you, a favor, don't put oil on their head. Because that's, those are the people that turn around and murmur and grumble and complain. I've seen people have given cars as pastors, complaining that they are suffering. And I remember when I started and I had no food, I was too excited to know that I had no food. 
He took a pastor that from, from Mumuaya that came to my house. When he came to my house, he got back to our minister's network. He said, Pastor Henry is mad. So they say, why? He said he doesn't have anything. And when he comes here, he's so excited and we're thinking something is moving for him. So I didn't know the man is so poor. So when the people he told met me, they said, so so pastor came to your house. The other time I said, yes. They say, he said this. They said, he said you are very poor. I said, me? <laughs> then the pastor asked me, he said, what, what is me? Why are you asking me? No, I said, me? He said, yes. I said, am I poor? He said, what is am I poor? Won't you know whether you are poor or not? I didn't know I was poor. Sincerely, I didn't know. I was too excited to be allowed to serve God that I didn't know I was poor. So I asked him, yeah, I asked the man, I said, me, am I poor? How can I be poor? He said, wait, the man said, you don't have any seat in your house. I said, yes. You don't have any carpet. I said, yes. You don't have a bed. I said, yes. He said, then why are you asking, are you poor? See this man. So you're not, you... He just walked away. And they rejoice. Say, God, give me house. You, you are telling me about seat and bed. Ha. I don't know what you want to. I was too excited being a servant of God. That I did not, I did not notice the poverty around. I went to the village. Those days, I went to the village one day. My father told me about Pastor Vincent. You know Pastor Vincent Libya? My father told me, he said, hmm, Pastor, I said, sir. He said, Pastor Vincent, your friend, he don't build house for him, Papa. I said, wow, wonderful. I didn't know where the mouth. He said, what are you saying? I said, he said, can't you see what pastors are doing for their father? I said, ah, Babangida has bought a polo club for his son. He said, what's the meaning of that? I said, there are sons doing for fathers. There are fathers doing for sons. No one bad. My father said, get out of here. I said, fathers are doing for sons. So one, one, go, let's draw. One, one, go, let's draw. That is, it did not disturb me for one day. That's the point I'm making. Why, why would it disturb me? Once I've gone to my one on that flyover, buy 150 shirt, buy 120 trouser, buy 15 naira tie, suit up. The world is over. <laughs> Whatever is left is in your house. I will go to church and dance out my heart preach with all my soul I will preach about millions I'm finished the service and go and take oil five naira on credit <laughs> and in that situation my tights did not miss one day We will gather the tide, gather the tide, gather the tide, gather the tide. Maybe we will get up to two moons to gather 1,000 naira tide. 
Then I'll give the 1,000 naira to a certain brother. I'll say, I beg, help me write the check. Let me pay to my, my father's account. When the heart is there, Praise the Lord. Malachi 1.6 Malachi 1 verse 6 A son honoreth his father. Is God your father? A son does what? Ask somebody sitting next to you, is God your father? What answer did you get? Yes. Proverbs 3 verse 9. Combine those two scriptures and get the revelation for yourself. We'll come back here. Proverbs 3 9, quickly. A son honoreth his father. Malachi 1 6. A son honoreth his father. A son honoreth his father. Proverbs 3 9, read with me, everybody. Why don't you go? Honor the Lord, Honor the Lord with what? Give him your money. And this very money we are talking about today, now the one with them they call first fruit. Your first income for the year. Your first business profit as a businessman. Your first salary as a salary earner. Don't ask me if I give a whole one month. What is a whole about one month salary? There are your mates that have not had job for six months, one year. What is a whole about one month salary? There's nothing a whole about one month salary. Nothing a whole about one month salary. At least I know it takes one month. It takes a lot more than one month salary to execute a good burial in Nigeria. If your grandfather died now, and I'm talking to those that are more than 50 years. For those that are not up to 50 years, in case your great-grandfather is still alive. If your great-grandfather died now, you spend more than one month's salary to bury him. And you will still survive. So what is, if I give God a whole one month salary, how can I live my life? How can I pay my bills? That salary is not what you live your life on. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. In, we live in Nigeria where some people work for nine months and they've not been paid. How do they live their lives? Two years self. They've not been paid. One of our pastors that works with the government for four years, they didn't pay her. And she never failed her first foot one day. She never failed her tight one day. I said, listen, you see that money? They will not eat it. In due season, God will make them vomit it for you. Nobody can eat the fruit of your labor. Glory to God. Go back to Malachi 1.6. Let me start seeing how to round up. A son honoreth his father and the servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? If I be a master, where is my fear? Say the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest, that despise my name. And you say, wherein have we despised your name? God, how did we disrespect you? Verse 7. You offer polluted bread upon my altar. You offer, you offer, you offer. So where God sees honor, dishonor is in the place of offering. You offer polluted bread upon my altar and you say wherein have we polluted thee in that you offer in that you say the table of the lord is contemptible now what does it mean the table of the lord is contemptible 
First, understand the word contempt. It means something you can treat with levity. Something you can treat with disrespect. And you say the table of the Lord can be treated with disrespect. Verse 8. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now to thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person, say the Lord. So God talks about a son honors his father and is talking about the quality of offering given to him. We have grown with this mentality. Anything you bring to God is okay. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too small. No, 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 no. It's, in, it's, it's, it's relative to your level. There are things you bring for God. God checks what you are what. And he decides that this is okay or this is too small. And once it is not okay in his sight, he sees it as disrespect. He sees it as dishonor. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody. You know, one of the things God needs to help us as children of God understand, the fact that God is invisible does not mean we are invisible. Many people treat God the way they do because they, know, they, they, they don't see God physically. Come on, somebody. This thing we are calling first fruit, assuming you walk in the government house directly close to the governor and it's the governor's birthday, what will you give him? Hello. You know why I chose to use birthday? Because it's also something you do every year. They say the governor is celebrating his birthday. Let's celebrate our governor, his excellency. What will you take in your hand? And you want to find favor before that governor. That reminds me a story someone told me. A person in my place who had a great job and he retired from his job and came back home and wanted to join politics and somebody advised him, a wise man said don't just jump like that, they will squander your money, there are political 419ers they will promise you will help you enter the office and they will squander your money, the person told him this is how to go about it start doing things for the party and he started he started and one day, I think it was the governor's mother that died or so in Delta State. I can't remember if it's the mother or the grandmother who died. And this man bought four cows, took about, I'm told about 50 bags of rice and three million naira check and went to the government house that he came to pay his condolence to the governor. The governor looked at his gift and said, really? Who are you? He said, I'm so, so person. I've been a member of your party. He said, wow. And you brought this for condolence? He said, yes. The governor said, what are you looking for? He said, nothing. I just came to greet my governor. Dropped the gift and left. Few months later, an SA went to the house of reps. And they needed somebody to fill that space. Everybody around the governor was playing eye service. The governor said, that man that brought that gift, go and find him for me. Hello? God wants you to raise your heart 
when it comes to ministering to the Lord. Can I hear somebody say amen? Raise your, understand who you're dealing with. Understand who you're dealing with. He said, I'm a great king. Don't give me things you know if you give to your governors, they won't accept. So what are you trying to say from there, Pastor Henry? Number one, substance is honor. Number two, quality of substance. When you say for any reason, my first fruit is too much to give to God, you're not honoring him. It's as simple as that. Because you should. Ah, thank you, Lord. I just remember something the Holy Spirit told me when I was praying. You should actually look at your first fruit and say, God, when am I going to grow above this? Don't be the kind of person that is doing everything to make sure your first fruit is small. Don't be that kind of person. Can I hear you say amen? amen. Don't be that kind of person. Don't be that. Tell your neighbor, don't be that kind of person. Be the kind of person that wants an, a consistent increase in what you release for God because that's how you are going to experience a consistent increase in what God releases for you. Look at it and say, ah, God, when will I give a first fruit of 5 million naira? I'm tired of this 30,000. Lord, when will my tithes become this much? I'm tired of this. You know, some people are tired of their income, but they are not tired of their tithing level. It doesn't balance that way. Glory to God. So you honor the Lord with substance. Say amen to that. Let me just add a few things so that people will not say it's the only money we use to honor God. You honor God when you obey his word too. You honor God when you obey his word. Numbers 27 verse 18. Numbers 27 verse 18. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, ah, and lay thy hand upon him, and set him before Eleazar the priest, and before all the congregation. And give him a charge in their sight. Listen to verse 20. That's why I picked the idea. And thou shalt put some of thy honor upon him. That all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. In other words, when there is honor, there is obedience. Say amen that is alive. God say, put some honor upon him. So that they will obey him. In other words, if. If you think God deserves honor, then you obey him. Amen. Say it loud, amen. amen. And first fruit is God's word. It's God's word. If you say it is the word of Pastor Henry, you are lying. You are lying against me. And you are lying against the word of God. You are lying against me because you are saying what is not my word is my word. If it's not in the Bible, I won't preach it. Number two, you are lying against the word of God because you are taking what is in the word of God and saying it is not there. It's me that fabricated it. First fruit is God's word. And if you honor him, you obey him. Praise the living God. Help me say to anybody, if you honor him, you obey him. And there are few other ways of honoring the Lord. When you honor God, you, don't, you show mercy on poor people. You don't oppress poor people. Proverbs 14.31 Proverbs 14.31 Now I'm adding these ones 
Before some people will say, I'm only money beyond no. Why be saying only money in preach? <laughs> so I know the rest. But the purpose of this message is to position you to honor with your first fruit. Proverbs 14.31 He that oppressed the poor reproached his maker, but he that honored him had mercy on the poor. What does it mean to have mercy? Don't deal with too much of a hard hand. Don't oppress. Don't take away the right of a poor man just because he's poor. That doesn't also mean swallow the stupidity of a poor man. Because the Bible says when it comes to judgment, don't look at poor or rich. Judge righteously. But it simply means don't take away the right of a poor man. Don't crush a poor man just because it's in your power to crush him. There's nothing he can do. Don't do that. Praise God. All right. When you honor God, a few things happen. The first among them is that God honors you in return. That amen is too weak for my liking. First Samuel 2.30, we read it last Sunday, where God said, They that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Do you want to be honored in this life? May you be honored. Amen. Let me say it again. Amen. I said, may you be honored. Amen. There are two kinds of people in life. Those that carry honor and those that carry shame. May you not carry shame. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Never think that God is a God, you give him dishonor, he gives you honor. He said, those that honor me, I'll honor them. Those that despise me, I will make sure they are lightly esteemed. What does it mean to be lightly esteemed? To be somebody that has no value, no esteem, no honor in the person's life. The person is inconsequential. It's inconsequential, it's infinitesimal. It's a person of no worth. It's a person of no weight. May you not be that person. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I want to read a scripture and show you some quick things about what that contains. Deuteronomy 26, 19. And I want this to be prophecy. And let him that has faith receive the things I want to say now. Hello. 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 Do we start from there? Okay. Deuteronomy 26, verse 19. And... To make thee high above all nations which he had made in praise underline that and in name underline that and in honor and that thou mayest be an holy people unto the Lord thy God as he had spoken this scripture has four things to say about God honoring you. Number one, make you higher. May God set you on high. Ladies and gentlemen, when God sets you on high, people naturally honor you. I want you to put your hand on your head and say, Father, Father 
whatever is keeping me low in your mercy and grace take it out of my life today and set me on high because I'm ready to honor you in the mighty name of Jesus when God wants to honor you the first thing he does is set you on high you're going to see why God does all that when we, when we are done. The second thing the Bible says, it will give you a name. What is that? Popularity. And I come to realize it's extremely difficult. It's possible, but it's extremely difficult to be poor and popular. <laughs> no, it's possible. Hello? Mother Teresa's life tells us it's possible. You can't really call Mother Teresa poor. The only thing is that she has a high appetite for giving. That she gave away everything she has. If she was to keep the things she gave out, she wouldn't be poor. So, but let's just agree that it's possible. The Bible says there was a little city and a poor wise man in it. And the great king came and besieged that city. Hello? And this poor wise man, by his wisdom, delivered the city. And yet, nobody remembered that same poor man. Then said, I, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised. And his words are not heard. Wow. How come a man uses his wisdom to deliver a whole city and yet nobody remembered the poor man? When they want to take decision about the city, nobody consulted him because he was poor. So when God wants to give you a name, he either enriches you or makes you accomplish something that will bring out your name. And the way our world is set, there are things you accomplish, you just cannot be poor. You just cannot be poor. So he will, he will set you on high, he will give you a name, and then he will, he will give you praise. Not that God will praise you, God will cause men to praise you. How does God cause men to praise you? By doing things in your life that will provoke the praises of men. Oh, Jesus, somebody, somebody talk to me. Doing things in your life, doing things in your life that will amaze men and men will rise up and praise you. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why I tell people, I am not against chieftaincy title as long as there's nothing demonic that goes with that one. Because there are some, something demonic goes with them. But I'm not against it. And as long as it was not paid for and pressed for, if your community feels that you've achieved something and they should honor you, it's not out of godliness. No, it's not. Because God set life in a way that there are certain things you get done and certain people should praise you. The only problem I have is if your community is praising you for doing great things in community and your church is not praising you for doing great things in church. Because you're first and foremost a citizen of heaven before any other thing. You came from heaven into your community and you're going back to heaven when you leave your community. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. Glory to God. So God said, when I do these things, I'm setting you in honor. Then the fourth thing he said, and I will make you a holy people. So for it to be real honor, it goes with holiness. Raising you on high, giving you a name. May God give somebody here a name. Let me say it two more times. May God give somebody here a name. For the last time, may God give somebody here a name. May God give you such a name that when you pass, people will point fingers and say, that's him. Who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> ah. Glory to God. When God wants to honor you, the last but not the least, God gives you riches. Because riches and honor go together. Proverbs 13, 18. And I want you to also take this as prophecy. This is how God behaves. Now, when God wants to honor you, God and angels will not come down from heaven because they should not and start bowing down to you. That will never happen. That's not supposed to happen. So what does God do? He puts things on your life that will compel men to do that. Oh, help me somebody. He puts things on your life that will do what? Compel people to do that. God honors you by pushing men to honor you. Proverbs 18. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. But he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. Excuse me. You said poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. But he that regardeth reproof or receiveth instruction shall be honored. Why don't you say shall be rich? You first said poverty and shame for those that refuse instruction. Then for those that receive instruction, you should have said should be rich. But it says shall be honored. Why? Because when there is for honor to happen, riches have to happen. By this scripture, riches and honor are almost used as the same. Oh! Put your hand on your head and say, Lord, I will not refuse instruction. I will not reject reproof. For every reproof and instruction of yours and of meaningful people that I have refused, I repent. From today, I will regard reproof because I am ordained for honor in the name of Jesus. Let that be your portion in Jesus' name. Proverbs 3.16 Proverbs 3.16 So you see in this scripture, honor and riches are used as the same. Why? Because somehow, somehow, whether you like it like that or not, leave it. You didn't create the world. God has made it that riches should attract honor. It's so serious that even when a rich man has a stinking character, what the only thing he can do is he will get psychophantic honor. Honor from psychophants. People who will honor him in his front and do something else behind. But when the riches are now blended with godliness, he gets real honor. Honor before you and honor behind you. But however it goes, riches attracts honor. There are at least 
80% of people who support Buhari, who knows he's a madman in this Nigeria. The only reason is he stands on a pedestal where they can get something. So they just have to. They just have to. They just have to. Some of them know that, okay, if me, that is the good man, if I say, let me go and contest for presidency, I don't have the structure to win. And since this party is not giving me what I want, if I join him and push for him, if he wins, I'll get something. If they didn't know in the beginning, now they know. Anybody that doesn't know now is blind. Hello? <laughs> because it's more obvious now. Suddenly, a country suffering from Boko Haram, suffering from Fulani headsmen, the best policy your president can come up with is, let's open our doors to African countries. Let everybody come in without visa. Yeah, it's just another way of bringing in further terrorists and machineries. One, the first thing, everybody knows that as a rule of security. The first thing you do when there is insecurity in your country is shut your borders first. So you can sort out the bad eggs. Mm. Hello? I'm hearing there's a debate in U.S. Congress whether to ban Nigerians from coming to... Oh, they've already done it. Congrats. And you think it's because of me? Why did they do that? Your government. Not anymore. They're trying to close their borders from a country where people can kill people, rape people, and nothing happens. They're not arrested. Police is not even looking for them. So they don't want those people to come into their country. <laughs> Proverbs 3.16 Length of days is in her right hand. It's talking about wisdom there. And in her left hand Please give me give me your mic. Okay, hold it in your right hand. It's not for talking. Hold your your mic in your right hand. Face the church. Microphone is in her right hand. Separate your hands. And then riches and honor are in her left hand. Ooh. Why is riches not here? And honor. Put it where I put it now. I put this one in your right hand. <laughs> hold it there. Yes. Why is riches not in the right hand? And honor is in the left. Why are they in the left hand? God bless you, sir. Two of them go together. If you find one, you will get the other. <laughs> Finally, verse 18. I'll read a scripture after verse 18. Verse 18. Oh, sorry, not verse 18. Ve chapter 8, verse 18. You found it? 
want to go. Proverbs 8 verse 18. Read it with me. Want to go. Riches and honor are with me. And durable riches and righteousness. Riches and honor always go together in the Bible. So when God said those that honor me, I will honor. He's saying if you honor me, I'll make you rich. It's that simple. If you honor me, I'll make you rich. I pray that riches and honor will be with you. And I pray that durable riches, durable riches, durable riches and righteousness will be with you. The same way riches and honor go together, if the rich will end, if the riches will stay, righteousness have to be with it. Glory to God. Stand on your feet. And let's read 1 Chronicles 29. Verse 12. 1 Chronicles 29. Verse 12. Ready? 1 Chronicles 29, 12. Are you ready? One, two, go, everybody. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thy hand is power and might and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all that you can't get it except God gives it to you that's all the scripture is saying here it is in his hand to make great riches and honor come from him if he doesn't give it, you cannot have it. If he gives it to you, you can have it. But what we are talking about today, what is it that makes him give it to you? He said, those that honor me, I will honor. Those that despise me, I will lightly, shall be lightly esteemed. In other words, check your giving life. Check your giving life. One of the biggest men of God in Nigeria said, I don't need prophecy to know your financial future. He said, show me your seed and I'll show you your future. Because your seed today is your harvest tomorrow. We're going to pray. Verse 28. The same scripture, verse 28. And he died in a good old age. Full of days. Riches and honor. And Solomon, his son, reigned in his stead. That is the end or the story of the end of a man who understood that both riches and honor come from God. 
It is the story of a man who understands that it is in God's hand to give power and to give strength and to make great. His name is David, the son of Jesse. He said, God, I know I am strong and I fought as a warrior, but that's not what made me who I am. It's you. God, I know that I am respected all over the world as the king of Israel, but I know it's not by my might. It came from you. Why I have riches and honor today is because of you. And the Bible went to summarize how his life ended. Can I prophesy? Your life will not end less than this one. In the mighty name of Jesus. And remember, it's not a matter of where you started from. It's a matter of how you deal with God. This man was from a poor family. He was from a poor home. He said, I am the least in the house of my father. And the house of my father is the least in Judah. And God took him all the way from there. And hear his story. Full old age, good old age, full of days, riches, and honor. And after he left, he had a successor. Solomon did not need to go and lead sheep at the backside of the desert again. His father had done that. His father ended on the throne. Solomon started from the throne. Your biggest, your peak is supposed to be your son's starting point. Lift your hands to God. Say with me, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus. I lift my hands and my heart in total surrender to you. I acknowledge that both riches and honor come from you. It is in your hand to give power, to give strength, to make great. Because of this, I open my heart. I declare I am willing to give you anything as long as you are my God. As long as you bless me. Father, anything I had withheld from you in times past. I repent today. From this day forward, I am a change man. I will give you all the tithes. I will give you all the first fruits. I will give you everything you require of me. I will honor you with my substance. Help me with grace to do that. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Because I realize that giving is a grace. Lift your hands. And receive that grace this morning. Receive that grace this morning. Receive the grace to give. 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 If you already had the grace, let the grace be multiplied. 
let the grace be multiplied 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 let the grace to give unto the lord be multiplied unto you in the mighty name of jesus he said for those that honor me i will honor lift your hands say with me heavenly father I have chosen to honor you from today with my substance like never before. Father, I beg you, honor me in this life for your glory. In the name of Jesus, amen. Lift your hands. I pray that everything contrary to honor will disappear from your life. Everything. Everything. Whether it's a habit, character, behavioral pattern, way of life, experiences, incidents, occurrences, that are not exactly what honor is. I command them to live your life today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Whether they are in form of lack, want, poverty, stagnation, no progress, limitations, retrogressions, that is depriving your life of honor. Let them disappear today. Let the honor that comes from God fall upon your life. Let the honor that only God gives fall upon your life. Let the honor that is from heaven rest upon your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh God, for both riches and honor come from thee. For both riches and honor come from thee. Grant riches. Grant honor. Grant riches. Grant honor. In the mighty name of Jesus. Don't allow us to be lightly esteemed. Because we do not despise you. Honor your people. Honor your people. Put everything in their lives that causes honor to happen. Do it today. Do it today. Do it today. And for those who are already in honor, deliver them from doing anything. That will take away their honor. Give them grace. To maintain the path. That sustains honor. Give them grace. To stay in the path. That increases honor. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you father. In Jesus name we pray. Shout a loud amen. Hallelujah.
In Every Day with Jesus Christ at Lord of Hosts, lives are transformed in every way. Sorrow is turned into laughter. The saints are renewed every day. The sick are healed. The captives are set free. The troubled and the afflicted become triumphant and testifies. At Lord of Hosts International Churches, Elliot Pramwa Road, of Wimpy Junction, Malfour, Umeprikomport, Harcourt, we preach holiness without compromise. Through the inspiring, prophetic, and expository teachings of Pastor Henry, bringing you in close understanding to appreciate life in Christ Jesus.